The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. This is Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion of the Bear of Texas podcast. Once again, it is my honor and my privilege to welcome my good friend and my mentor in beautiful and sunny Southern California, ladies and gentlemen, Give it up for Steve Adams. Hey, greetings from Cloudy. And it was actually kind of spritzing a little bit in my neighborhood today. Uh, A little bit of rain on the ground, which is fine. We desperately need it. Uh, We're a good five, six inches in rain behind on where we should be. So uh, busy week in terms of soccer. Um, Boy, uh, the one that was kind of a, a bit of welcome news, we don't, Talk about the Portuguese league uh, very much, even though it's a league that produces a lot of good young talent that ends up getting signed on by the big leagues. But uh, but the Portuguese club that I support, Sporting Lisbon, uh, they won their first Portuguese title in 19 years. So for the first time in 19 years, a team other than Porto or Benfica is uh, the champion of Portugal. And speaking of, I'm sorry, go ahead. A little bit of, added a little bit of news on that. Uh, One of the other things that was hitting social media, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, who of course started his career at sporting before Manchester United brought him to England. Uh, Cristiano uh, Ronaldo's mom still lives in the neighborhood uh, where the Jose Valde Stadium is, uh, where sporting plays in Lisbon. And she was going to say, hey, I'm going to work on my son to get him to try to come to sporting and finish out his career. So we'll see if we'll see how much sway mom has with that. But I think that there's, there certainly would be a certain level level of symmetry given that Ronaldo started his career at sporting, you know, would he finish his career at sporting too? That would be pretty cool, especially in view of the fact that he could play champions league soccer. Now that sporting won the Portuguese title. Absolutely, and speaking of uh, of that, you know that club right there. That's the same club where Bruno Fernandez came from. That's right. That's right. So you know, again, it just goes to show. I mean, for for a country of you know ten and a half million people, Portugal punches just way above its weight as far as the amount of talent that it produces. And uh, you know, I was really, really thrilled. And um, one of our 12 foreign exchange students that we hosted over the year, our Portuguese student, uh, Rodrigo, he was thrilled to death. He was posting pictures with he, his lovely bride, his uh, infant son, all rocking out their sporting um, wear. So they had their green and white sporting gear on, and uh, they looked just absolutely adorable. So uh, that's pretty cool. So shout out to Rodrigo. Um and his lovely bride, uh, very happy sporting fans indeed. Well, congratulations to sporting, and uh, best of luck in the Champions League next season. I'm sure as big underdogs, I'll certainly have to uh, list them as a team to watch out for in the next article for the preview of next season's Champions League, and quite frankly, I can't wait to do that. Writing about the underdogs is always a fun thing, Steve. I can tell you that. Well, and the underdogs were kind of biting back a little bit in the EPL today. Liverpool had to leave it late. It took a late goal from their goaltender, Allison Becker, 
to get a last-second win uh, against West Bromwich Albion. So Liverpool keeping its thin hopes alive of maybe trying to finish in the top four. But um, that was really huge. And then um, Everton was upset at home by relegated Sheffield United, um, which is really kind of incredible. It's been, uh, you know... So Everton... Yeah, it's, it's been surprising started, lately. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Everton started so well. I mean, they were out of the block so well. And uh, I really thought that Carlo Ancelotti, you know, that uh, he would really get the blue side, a mercy side, uh, back into playing in Europe, possibly for the EPL, because they were so good out of the blocks this season. But, you know, now they're, you know, sort of like collapsing like a souffle that was taken too soon out of the oven. But uh, Sheffield United, you know, pretty much put a permanent damper on uh, Everton uh, getting any European ball. It's a shame, too, because, you know, let's not forget, Everton at one point this season, they were the best team in the EPL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like the season's been around. It's been going on forever. Yeah, and then um, Tottenham, they kept their slim European hopes alive. Uh, they got a win against Wolves, Harry Kane, and um, Mo Salah. Salah had a goal today as well for Liverpool. So they're both neck and neck tied for the golden boot in the EPL. Yeah. <laughs> Tottenham's got to fight for whatever, you know. But Liverpool's really got the best fighting chance, you know. And let's not forget, you know, that show that really that thriller with Newcastle and Manchester City, and Manchester City really come from behind to win that game. I mean, Manchester City, you know, they they secured the title. The title's theirs. I mean, after after Man U lost to Leicester City uh, just a few days ago, and yeah, the title, the Premier League belongs to Manchester City, and huh, they're not, and they're not done yet. Well, and the other thing, too, uh, sort of a preview of uh, a very important match that'll be on Tuesday, uh, there was actually a foreshadowing of that match, the FA Cup on Saturday, Chelsea versus Leicester City. And, uh, you know, they're going to play with huge ramifications on Tuesday as far as, you know, who's going to finish in the top four. But... uh, Mediocre first half. Um, Chelsea had most of the possession of the ball, but um, very, very dramatic second half of that FA Cup final between Leicester City and Chelsea. Yeah, and it's a uh, was no surprise because you know, and, and I got the news from you that you know that you informed me that Christian Pulisic would be on the bench. Yeah, you know, Tuchel. Um, Juggling with the bench again, um, Werner, Timo Werner did not have a great match. Um, and then for Leicester City, Casper um, Schmeichel, huge in goal. Two incredible saves. Uh, the one-off Mason Mount is like shades of um, Gordon Banks. I mean, the ball was just incredibly hit well. And, um, you know, the Great Dane went uh, absolutely horizontal to deny the goal. And then um, the winner for um, for the Foxes uh, came courtesy, courtesy of Belgium and um, Tielemans, who, you know, totally man-of-the-match performance by the Belgian, but uh, his goal that he just sweetly struck from 25 yards out. It was just a total golasso. Fantastic goal. And, um, you know, uh, not without a little bit of controversy, there was some, you know, hints of, um, in the buildup, you know, uh, ball hit a Leicester City player's leg and then glanced off the hand. You know, there are some people that thought that, that maybe that should have been a handball. And then um, later on, with time running out in the match, and it looked like Chelsea had scored what would have been an own goal off of uh, off of West Brown. But 
by the absolute slimmest of margins. A uh, player was judged to be offside, golden count. Lister City held on for the win. First ever FA Cup win for the team from the East Midlands. Well, congratulations to Leicester City. And as far as Chelsea, you know, it, it, it has not been a good week for Chelsea because not only did Chelsea uh, lose the FA Cup final, but today it was actually the final for the uh, for the Women's Champions League, which featured uh, the, Chel- the, the Chelsea Women's uh, Club against the uh, female Barcelona Club. And Chelsea got destroyed 4-0. to I mean, they were trailing, you know, less than a minute going into the game, courtesy of an own goal. Yeah, uh... The, o- the only ugly thing about Barcelona were those uh, pink and medicine green uh, uniforms that they were wearing. They're just absolutely hideous. But uh, the Lady Catalans absolutely schooled uh, the Chelsea women. Uh, so big me- big win for the Barcelona women. I believe their first ever uh, UEFA Women's Champions League. So um, they're doing what the men could not do. I mean, isn't that embarrassing a little bit? Yeah, it's like I said, they could, they did what the men can't do. Yeah, well, and then you know, to to rub salt in the wound uh, for Barcelona in what may be the very last home game for Lionel Messi, a game that they really, I I did not think that they would lose at home to uh, Celta Vigo, but Celta Vigo. Uh, they overcome an early messy goal, and they get two goals from Mina, uh, the second one in the 89th minute, to pretty much effectively torpedo any hope that Barcelona had of winning La Liga. Now it's just clearly down to the two Madrid clubs. Atletico has that two-point lead on Real Madrid going into the very, very last game of the year. And it's just really simple. Atletico Madrid... If Diego Simeone's men win their last game, they win their first La Liga title in like seven years. Mm. Uh, if, if if they lose or draw, and Real Madrid wins their last game, you know, then uh, Real Madrid uh, they get to win uh, another La Liga title. Exactly, and here's what's what's interesting is that if Real Madrid does not win the La Liga this year, it'll be the first time. That they've gone a season under the leadership of Zinedine Zidane, who we'll get to uh, later. It'll be the first time under his leadership that Los Blancos have not secured any title of any kind. Like, no hardware. Yeah, I mean, I, I still wouldn't totally rule them out um, with that last weekend to go. Um, I mean, as we saw today, um, I mean, a lot of these teams, even teams that are about to get relegated, they're they seem to be relishing the role of spoiler. They're not playing with any pressure on them. And, um, you know, they're taking kind of fiendish delight in um, denying the top clubs and, and playing spoiler. Exactly. So if all, you know, so if Real Madrid can beat Villarreal and if uh, Valladolid can beat Atletico Madrid at home, then Los Blancos are, are La Liga champions. And speaking of, you know, coming down to the final game, that's exactly the situation in League 1. And these are merely rumors, but, you know, it's been said that if PS, if Paris Saint-Germain does not secure Liga and title, then rumor has it Mauricio Pochettino could be sacked. And But, you know, the, these are rumors. I mean, every time it says rumor and it's not and it's not, pre- and it's not re- presented by, like, the biggest sources like, like Goal, for instance, like if Goal does not say anything about it, I don't believe it because I think goal is basically like the biggest source you can have, especially for soccer. But, but yeah, league. I mean, Lille. All they need is that win, and that would be huge. I mean, I, I don't remember the last time Lille won the league. Um, but although been ten, been nine or ten years since the last time Lille won, and uh, I mean, going into the last two games of the season, Lille needed four of the six points to for sure win the title. Well. They got one point today. They were held to a 0-0 draw at home against Saint-Étienne. So um, they're going to have to do it the hard way. And, um, you know, their last game of the year in Ligue 1, they're going to play Angers in the in the final. So they're playing at Angers. Uh, it's a match that they can win. Angers lost uh, at Marseille today 3-2. But um, 
PSG has the added hurdle this week. The French Cup final will be Wednesday, and they're going to play Monaco. So that's actually kind of an attractive French Cup final matchup. Uh, PSG uh, against Monaco. And let's not forget, Monaco is also where one Kylian Mbappe... Monaco introduced pretty much Kylian Mbappe to the world. And if, if people remember when they made their magical run a few years ago to the semifinals of the Champions League, and the, the communication and the interplay between Mbappe and DeMar was just fabulous. So uh, uh, they've got that French Cup final on Wednesday, and then um, they'll be back for um, their last game next week. Um, trying to see who they've got for their last game. Bear with me here just a moment. I had it at the tip of my tongue. Let's see. They play Monaco in the French Cup. Well, PSG's Shoot. still still at a point where you know they still got something to fight for, which is good. I mean, it's just a shame because in uh, they play Brest. Yeah, they, they, Brest is their, is their final game. Yeah, it, it's actually going to take place this uh, no, not this Sunday. Uh, uh, yes, actually, yeah, this Sunday. <laughs> Next Sunday, but that's a very, Next very Sunday. winnable game. It that's is a very, very game. So, you know, really, what it comes down to is um, their Lille is not going to have to count. They're not going to count on help from Brest. I don't. I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't see the Bretons, even with their last game at home. I just don't see them being PSG. So it's just real simple. I mean, once again, not unlike. Atletico Madrid, Lille, the dogs are in a spot where if they win, they're in. They win their first title in um, 10 years. Well, it's still going to be interesting. And speaking of the French Cup final, Neymar is suspended for that final. Yeah, that makes that, you know, a little a little more interesting. Um and Monaco is actually, you know, pretty fun team to watch. I mean, they play very open, um, very, very attractive style of play. Um, they beat uh, fourth division Rumilly Valier, which uh, fourth division team from uh, the Savoy region. It's a team that's not far from Annecy, but it, you know, you talk about a team that punched above its weight. Fourth division team made it all the way to the French Cup semifinals. But um, they've got Monaco's got a teenager named Matazzo who has a really, really, you know, bright future for him. And um, you know, with with League One, there's there's just so much young talent there that you know they're going to end up uh, in one of the top top four power leagues, you know, for sure. You know, it's good to see Monaco actually be doing very, very well again because you know, you know, long ago I think it was last year. I mean, Monaco just like completely fell apart, like nearly finished at the very bottom, but, but avoided relegation. But it's really good to see them, you know, really fighting again because you know right now they're actually in third place in the standings, standings, and I believe third place actually gives them a spot in the Champions League final. Although, well, actually, yeah, w- yeah yes, uh, for the qual- uh, qualifiers, qualifiers, yeah, it's a play-in spot. For yeah. the for the champions, but it's neck and neck though. Lyon is only a point behind them. So last year's uh, last season's Champions League semifinal is Lyon. You know they they do have a chance. Um, the one thing that they have going for them is they've got a superior goal differential. Um, they have a plus thirty nine goal differential. Lyon has thirty four. So if um, Lyon loses its last match, or excuse me, if Monaco loses its last match, and even if Lyon gets a draw, um, you know that can um, that can make Lyon leapfrog Monaco into that third spot. Absolutely. And speaking of Monaco, I mean th- their magical run in, in the 2017 uh, Champions League is just—it's absolutely unforget- unforgettable. I mean. Knocking out Manchester City in the round of sixteen, you know, and move moving on, you know, due to aggregate a- after I believe uh, 
think Manchester City took the win and took the first win. I think it was a five to three game, if I'm correct. And then Monaco kind of mm-hmm. like, and then Monaco like you know really kind of showed that resilience and advanced on the away goals rule, which is really heartbreaking for Manchester City. They would go on to eliminate Borussia Dortmund in the quarterfinals before you know before suffering uh, elimination to Juventus, but. I mean, yeah, that's what Kylian Mbappe. You know, he was only 18 years old, and he was and he was on the map already. If if yeah, six goals. I think he had yeah, he had six goals in that tournament, which was uh, the same amount as his uh, compatriot Antoine Griezmann, who at the time was playing for Atletico Madrid. Both had six goals, but I mean, it was just amazing. And and you know, and and before that, you know, aside from that tournament, you know, it wasn't until the the uh, round of 16 where I actually heard the name Mbappe. But then I did that research, like, dude, this dude's been doing well for a while. I mean, this tournament's not just like yeah, the tournament's like obviously you know now he's finally getting out there like because his name because of how great he's doing. But but I was like, well, because because uh, during that time, like when my dad was running the restaurant, we had a lot of our loyal customers, especially our uh, our soccer uh, the ones that were huge soccer fans. They would come in, and one time this family, they all had Monaco uh, kits on, and and they asked us if we had the channel, which I checked, and thankfully we did. And you know, and they would come in every time Monaco would play, and it, it, it was fun and. And I told him, well, if this, if this kid keeps doing that, believe it or not, the French national team's going to have no choice but to bring him in. Well, and he's gone nothing but up since then. And then Monaco's last game in Ligue 1 on Sunday, they play Lens. They have to go up to the far north of France to play Lens in their last game. And then let me see who Lyon's got in their last game. Let's see... Lyon for their last game. Nice. Uh, they play at home against. Nice. So, you know that's that's not a that's not an easy game either. But Lyon has the they do have the advantage of being at home. Yeah, look look at all these big names. These teams it just reminds me how beautiful each city is. Remind, you know, just makes me miss France even more. But um, but yeah, so. That it's it's kind of fun having all these leagues with all the you know the intrigue coming down to the Champions League spots and stuff, and then um, on that Liverpool game today with the last minute winner, I mean Allison's header, uh, it was as nice a finish that you could have for a, a field player, and it was a very very emotional thing for for Becker who a couple months ago he lost his dad tragically uh, had a drowning accident and he lost his dad a couple months ago. So uh, it was very, very emotional uh, today for, for the Brazilian. Yeah, and, and it was absolutely amazing too. Just absolutely spectacular play. And uh, looking at the Premier League, uh, two, two more games left to play, uh, especially for my club, Manchester United, who have to play Fulham in about two days on, on Tuesday before finishing out uh, on the road against Wolverhampton. I think at this point, if Man U can definitely win these games. So I think at this point, Man U is kind of, it's not secured yet. Anything could happen. But if with, with Man U very likely to win out those games, I think they finish second. And it's really going to be tough. You know, Chelsea's playing Leicester City, so... And uh, if I'm and, and I'm looking at the standings, that Chelsea is two points behind uh, Leicester City. So Chelsea wins, they climb up to third. And if well, uh, and if Liverpool wins their next game, they, they climb up to fourth. Well, Liverpool has probably the more favorable schedule for their last couple of games. Um, although, again, uh, West Brom gave them a really really tough game today. But they play at Burnley, and let's not forget, Burnley won the earlier fixture at Anfield. And then uh, their very, very last game, Liverpool hosts Crystal Palace. So those are, for Liverpool, those are two very winnable games. And uh, and what's been an incredibly up-and-down slash disappointing season for Liverpool you know, they may be getting their mojo kind of at the right time because they looked fantastic last week against Manchester United. They went into Old Trafford, and the the 4-2 to score really doesn't reflect just how dominant Liverpool was over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's men. So, um, you know, they do, they do have a shot. Um, I think for Liverpool, they almost are probably hoping for Chelsea and Leicester City to play to a draw. So if they play to a draw, 
you know, then that would be just one extra point for Chelsea, so that would put them at 65. If Liverpool wins, they could leapfrog Chelsea into fourth place. Uh, le- it would give Leicester City 67 points. So um, all to play for there. Um, so it's, it's going to be a really, really um, fascinating last couple of games. Definitely will. And before we move on to the piece de resistance, Zinedine Zidane, I'd like to actually give a shout-out to Steven Gerrard on leading the Rangers to an unbeaten season with a haul of 102 points. And actually, if I am correct, only the second team, the only Scottish team to go a full season without losing a game. Yeah, what Stevie G has done at uh, Glasgow Rangers, you know, I mean, he's really helped resurrect uh, of what had been a moribund franchise. I mean, they had to go through the uh, magnanimity of, uh, or excuse me, they, how should I say, the shame of going down into, because they had financial problems and bankruptcy and stuff. And I mean, they actually were down in like the fourth tier of Scottish soccer and have had to win their way back up. Uh, you know, in the meantime, during this whole time frame when Glasgow Celtic was going through an incredible run where they had won nine uh, Scottish Premier League titles in a row. But uh, Rangers did it with uh, great style points. And then um, also, quick shout-out, too, to Brendan Rogers, the Leicester City coach, who became the first coach to win a Scottish Cup title, which he won when he was coaching Celtic, and an FA Cup title, which he's now won with Leicester City. That's never happened before, where a manager has won the Scottish Premier League title, Scottish Cup, FA Cup. The the only thing that's missing off of Brendan Rodgers' uh, resume at this point is, is an EPL title. But uh, a mad shout-out to the Northern Irishman, um, Brendan Rodgers is, and in my opinion, I think he's the coach of the year in the in the EPL. Definitely. I mean, Le- Leicester City, you know, winning the FA Cup, you know, playing just playing really good, and you know, yeah, I, I have to agree. Brendan Rodgers really has to be taken into consideration for the EPL Manager of the Year. But uh, Leicester City has, frankly, a brutal schedule though for its last two games. They got to play at Chelsea. And Chelsea, I'm sure, has some serious-ass payback in mind after um, losing that FA Cup game on Saturday. And then for their finale, Leicester City hosts Tottenham. And Tottenham is clawing and scraping, trying to earn its way to um, any type of European football as well. Because of the way things have gone uh, with Man City winning the League Cup, basically what that means is that now... In the EPL, whoever whoever finishes in fifth and sixth, uh, they get the the spots in the Europa Cup. Leicester City, at the very very worst, if let's say everything caves in for the Foxes in their last two games, they blow their last couple of games. They get leapfrogged. They miss out on Champions League play, but um, they are assured at a very minimum of playing Europa League because they won the FA Cup. But that said, it would be just absolutely gutting for the Foxes to fade down the stretch again like last year and um, not make the the final four to be able to get, uh, get in the Champions League ball. It would just be uh, a very, very cruel thing for the Foxes. Definitely. And just imagine, you know, the story would be, Leicester City takes the FA title from Chelsea, then a few days later beats them, and then pushes them down, pushes them back out of the top, out of the top four. Say, so, well, there's 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 a rivalry born for you. Yeah, well, and I, I like I said, I think that it'll it'll be a very very compelling game to watch on Tuesday. Okay, I mean, I can't wait, can't wait. But now we got to get to Zinedine Zidane because apparently yesterday, and and the news prompted me to write an article on it because you know that's my thing, and you know especially when when this this kind of news comes out, it it said that goal can confirm. So the fact is, if they say they can confirm, it's confirmed that Zinedine Zidane told his players that he plans to leave the team once the season 
ends. You know, to be honest, you know, it's 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 been rough, you know, for Real Madrid. The last three years, just, you know, Real Madrid has not been the Real Madrid that we know. Like, they are not the team that won three straight Champions League titles. And you said this before, you have to be a pretty good freaking manager to lead your club to three straight titles because that's they don't just give that to anybody. That's just, that's not handed to you. You got to earn that. But... You know, how Real Madrid, you know, you know the fact they made it to the Final Four, but, you know, the way they were eliminated is just absolutely humiliating. And, you know, there's there's been call for, Z, you know, this has been talking for a long time, like the rumors about Zidane possibly leaving because apparently he and Marcelo, uh, it was reported that he and Marcelo had a rift because, you know, the fact that, that, that Zidane, you know, wants to keep Marcelo as a reserve player while Marcelo wants to play. But... So it was. It was apparently confirmed that he would leave. But then apparently today, you know, the new the news I got from you that is Zidane apparently has denied telling his players that he is leaving. So and even quote, claiming that he quote said he would never ever say that to to his players. Yeah. Um. So you got these conflicting reports, and um. I, I mean, I frankly, when the first reports came out, I. I was really surprised that um, a guy who was such a great player and he's also become a pretty damn good manager uh, for Zidane to basically throw in the towel and say, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be quitting here regardless of what happens in a couple weeks." I, I was really a bit surprised when that initial report came out. I was too, but you know. The, the problem is, when Zidane was reappointed as the manager for Los Blancos, the team was already a mess. Like, like to say that it was a mess was such an understatement. And, you know, he comes in, and they hope that he can hopefully clean the, the whole mess up. But, I mean, to an extent he did, but he he has not been able to bring Real Madrid to, to what it once was, you know, during the days of Cristiano Ronaldo. So, so the problem is, I always tell people like you can't put it all on Zidane because keep in mind he was brought in to clean up a mess that he did not that he did not make. So, right, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, I mean the fact how, how terrible Real Madrid was in the semifinals. I mean that definitely has to be pinned on him too because his managing obviously he didn't. Obviously, he 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 didn't do. I hate to say, it, but he didn't. Obviously, he didn't do his job. His job is to manage a team to a win. He didn't do his job, but but that happens. But. I think at this point, you know, with all the stress that he's been going going with, you know, the last like year or so. I mean, again, he was brought in to clean up a mess that he didn't make, and that's and that's tough. I mean, that that really that that beats you down, you know, physically, mentally. I mean, with all the stress and frustration, because you know you're you're, you're taking crap from the media. You're being, I mean, it, it, that. Oh my, I'm I'm sorry. See now, I'm I'm getting too emotional because you know y'all know that you know how Zidane's my hero. So you know when things go bad for him, you know it affects me. But what I'm trying to say is, is the fact is, I mean, the pressure, he, there was so much pressure on his back that he fought for it. He fought it for so long, but it just got, it got heavier and heavier and heavier. And now, you know, it, it, it's buckled. He has buckled under the pressure. Yeah. I don't know. Even in the, even in the final analysis though, even with uh, everything that's gone down for Real Madrid this year, they still have a shot. They still have a very good shot at winning the La Liga title. Mm, they do, and, and hopefully they do, but but I think Zidane leaving Real Madrid would be good because with all the stress and frustration from, from again, you know, one more time, a mess that, you know, he had to clean up a mess he never made, but I think if, if him quitting this job and getting another opportunity is a fresh start. He can, like, take a little bit of time off, you know, regroup, you know, get his head together. I mean... We can't ignore Zidane's resume. I mean, again, three straight Champions League titles. They don't just give that to anybody. And there was a source, uh, uh, the UK Mirror, I believe, you know, when I wrote the article, and they had five great potential landing spots for Zinedine Zidane. The first one, obviously, I mean, this is something he's obviously destined for, is, you know, the French national team. Uh, but before I get to that, I'll, I'll name the other two. The other one is Arsenal, Tottenham, Paris Saint-Germain, and Juventus. And we'll go and start with the French national team. Again, that's something he's destined for because, you know, in France, to a lot of people, Zinedine Zidane is God. He's more than a national hero. He's God. And he's likely to take over the team one day. I mean, even Didier Deschamps himself says he expects Zidane to be his, quote, successor. But as far as I know, well, 
from what I understand, Deschamps' contract runs to through the end of the 2022 World Cup, and there's really no signs of Deschamps leaving. Now, if France has a horrible Euro 2020, like if France were to go to Euro 2020, lose all three of their group stage games and be hum- and be dumped like that, I would certainly expect Didier Deschamps to uh, to no longer be in charge. And if that does happen, if Zidane still doesn't have a job, then the French Football Federation better look to uh, bring in Zidane for an interview. And I mean, if if they do, they'll they'll probably be begging him to take over the team. My gut feeling is I think Zidane's going to be coaching at a club level. I think with the, for the next couple of years, I don't, I don't see him taking over the French national team for for at least a couple more years. Yeah, and I, and I agree, but you know, he he'll do it one day. But but you know, really, I mean, a lot of people really would say, well, the France is too good of a team. You know, they're too good of a team to kind of go out to crash out in the in the group stage. I mean. That's been the case before. I mean, you see, how many te- times have we seen a team with full of talent, although that potential, only to, to crash out of the group stage? It's happened before many times. I mean, in the World Cup, we've seen it happen to the, to the defending champions. So, but but I think, I, I think you know, the national team is definitely, I mean, it, it's a thought, obviously. It's a good thought, but, I, I and I wrote in this article, it's, it's obviously, the time is just not right for Zidane to take over the French national team. It's going to happen, but now it's just not the time. No, not yet. It's going yeah. to be a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, but it, it's destiny. And, you know, like I said, he, he's a legend. And I say it's not only because he's a legend, bit, but Zidane needs to, how, how do you say, make up for the 2006, you know, the headbutting incident. So if Zidane were to take over the French national team and, and then lead him to you know, one World Cup title, that that would rectify what happened in 2006. Like, it, I mean, he's probably already at peace with what he did. But for the fans, it would certainly give them. It, it, it would help the fans, you know, get over what happened in two thousand six. Like they wouldn't have to be pissed about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that's such a long time ago, yeah. uh, two thousand six, and I think with everything else, you know, that Zidane's done. I mean, yeah, it was too bad that that was his last act as a as a player. Um, was that headbutting incident, but. Um, you know, I, I don't think he really has anything to apologize to to uh, the French soccer public. I mean, he's he's done so much as a manager at Real Madrid, and um, yeah, I, yeah. I, mean, I I just yeah. I don't see it as an issue. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I always tell people, well, what would you do if somebody said to you, I would said the words, quote, I would prefer the whore that is your sister. How would you feel if somebody said that to you? <laughs> well. But dude, that's the oldest. You know, Zizou fell for the oldest thing in the book. Somebody talking smack about your mom or your sister. You know, it's you. You have to shrug that off. I mean, you just can't. You can't fall for something like that. It's too bad. But, but at any rate, uh, but I. I think realistically, I. I think if Zidane's going to land anywhere, I. I would not be surprised if he lands at Juventus, especially if Juventus. Uh, falters down the stretch and they don't qualify for the Champions League and uh, the board at Turin ends up firing Perlo. Well, with as far as far as Juventus goes, I mean, you know, Zidane and Juventus, you know, they have a great relationship. I mean, let's not forget Zinedine Zidane played for Juventus from 1996 to 2001. And let me remind everybody, Newcastle United had the chance to bring in Zizou. They felt he wasn't good enough. They passed on him. They've regretted it ever since. When Juventus brought him, you know, the way they saw him, see, this is why, I, I, as a kid, I, I liked Juventus. I mean, I love Zidane, but the fact is, you know, when I, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, now that I'm older, when I learned the, about this Newcastle thingy, I like how Juventus saw the fact is, yeah, he's 24 years old. He's not, at the, he's not at the top yet, but he's, he's got talent. So they felt like, well, we gotta, we gotta take him to the next level. We gotta, we gotta build him further. And they did. So, mm-hmm. and you know he did have some success. I mean, he they did go to the Champions League final, but they didn't win. But but Zidane did do a lot for Juventus. So there's always going to be that relationship between the two. I mean, I'm sure that any time you know within the next 10, 15 years or so, if Juventus is ever in the need of a manager, the name Zinedine Zidane is definitely going to be on their mind. And you're absolutely right. If, if Andrea Perlo gets sacked because you know Juventus is such in a bad situation to where like they risk. Not only missing out on the Champions League, but there was even that possibility of no Europa League too. But if if that's the case, I mean, the fact is, I mean, it's unacceptable for Juventus considering you know their history. 
But if, if Perlo is fought, is sacked, I'm, I'm sure the first person they're going to call is Zinedine Zidane. Yeah, it would, not, it would not be a surprise. Yeah, and honestly, it's the same thing. You know, the fact that he's a Juventus legend, he's kind of meant to have a job there too. I mean, you know, he's a legend for Juventus, for the French national team, and for uh, Real Madrid. So he's already he's already helped Real Madrid win the Champions League. Like, So imagine he goes to Juventus, helps them win the Champions League, and then he goes to France to... Uh, and helps helps him win the World Cup. I mean, that that's the hell of a story. But, but I think you know he's very likely to, to continue club soccer for a few years. And I think Juventus is probably the most realistic. But no, for Tottenham, Tottenham could certainly use a man of Zidane's caliber. There's no doubt about that. Well, it's a it's it's, it's certainly a big club as far as where they are fiscally. Um, well, both Arsenal and Tottenham. Um, you know, you, it would be it would be really interesting either or. I mean, for for Arsenal finishing mid table, they're not going to be playing any European ball whatsoever for uh, the twenty one twenty two season, which is a good news bad news thing. They don't have to worry about the the midweek games, but uh, but for a club of Arsenal stature to not be playing any type of European ball at all. Just really rather incredible, um, but uh, you know I don't know if uh, if Zizou's been working out his English or not, or if he even has the inclination to try to go to the EPL. You know, it would be a really really interesting thing. I mean, you know, he's been in Spain for quite some time. I mean, he's he's pretty settled there, and um, I think, as I recall, I think his son, who's a goaltender, is actually with the Spanish system and not the French system. Um, I know that one of his sons did pick France over Spain. I mean, I, that's one of them. He has three of them, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm, to, I'm totally uh, unclear. But uh, as far as that goes, but yeah, I mean, as far as Arsenal goes, it, it's the same situation. It's the same situation with Juventus and PSG. I mean, th- this is provided, of course, that the managers get sacked. If Mikel Arteta is sacked from uh, by Arsenal and that Mauricio Pochettino was sacked by Paris Saint-Germain we'll get we'll get to that in a, in a in a little bit but i mean Arsenal i mean considering the history i mean you know let's not forget at one point Arsenal was the top was the best team in the Premier League i mean we'll never forget 2004 you know for me you know the pride for me is you know Thierry Henry you know just being just an absolute amazing player so fun, so fun to watch. I mean, whether you even if you didn't like Arsenal, you really couldn't help but really enjoy watching Thierry play. I mean, he was just that kind of player. But, but Arsenal really just—I mean, uh, it, it's tough to see him like this. It, whether you support Liverpool, whether you support Manchester United, I mean, really, I mean, sometimes when, when you think of the rivalry, you kind of like to see them being how bad they are. But when you think of the pride of the Premier League, and you see one of the like, when you think of the Premier League, like the six teams you think about, Arsenal's one of them. So when you see them being that bad, it kind of ma- it it kind of damages the Premier League's image in a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit, but uh, but by the same token too, it's also been kind of interesting watching um, you know West Ham and Leicester City having them you know claw their way. Um, West Ham, unfortunately, the other day they put themselves in a really bad way by losing down in Brighton. So um, they're kind of on life support as far as being able to make it to Europe or not. Well, for West Ham, fun while it lasted, right? <laughs> but, yeah. but you know, who knows? I mean, the last couple of weeks have been pretty crazy, too, with the two games to go uh, and what we saw. You know, um, it, it's, it's going to be a very, very interesting next two weeks for, you know, most of the major soccer leagues as they um, try to decide who's going to win in the case of Spain and France, you know, who's going to lift the title uh, in the cases of Serie A um, and the, and the EPL, you know, who's going to get those uh, champions league spots. I mean, at the rate things are looking, you know, pretty big club, you know, it might be Napoli, it might be AC Milan uh, it might be Juventus. You know, they're not going to be playing Champions League ball. Oh, just imagine, imagine Juventus not in the Champions League. 
I'm sure it's happened before, but well, I think the last time it happened was because of that uh, that scandal. I think that was in 2000, 2005, Well, when they were punished by getting sent down to Syria Bay. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, you know, they when they when they've been in Syria, ah, you know, they they pretty much make it. Yeah. Uh, in the champ. I mean, the the ten year streak's over, but. But now I want to talk about, explore the opportunity of Zidane at, at Paris Saint-Germain. Well, I mean, you know, I, I never really anticipated Zidane uh, managing in Ligue 1. I mean, I mean, I'm sure, you know, whatever opportunities out there, you know, and I'm, and I'm sure, you know, he always, lo- and I know that when he, there's all these options on the table, he'll, like, look at him and he'll look at it thoroughly. He won't just make a decision just like that. Um, well... Again, you know, this is this is of course, you know, if if Pochettino gets sacked, and it's been rumored that he will if if PSG doesn't win the league on title, but it, it has never been fully confirmed. I just know that if if PSG doesn't win the title, it's considering the fact that all the expensive talent they have, it's it's quite embarrassing. But I, I think Zidane's more than the paycheck. I mean, clearly he can make a good paycheck. Yeah, you know, with all that golf money that PSG's got. <laughs> Oh, yeah. uh, I just I don't see Zidane managing at this point. I don't see him managing in France. I see him managing. I would see him managing in the EPL long before I could imagine him uh, managing in France right now. Exactly, and I like how you mentioned the golf footy because you know a lot of people would tease the fact that all all PSG management has to do is. You know, offer you know, pull out the paycheck. You know, you know, say they basically present him a a, a check with all the zeros. They tell him well, how many zeros do you want, and I'm sure you know they'll they'll probably offer. They'll we'll give you a car. I mean, that that's just how rich and powerful the management is. But you know, I, and I did mention in this article, like if Z Dan were to go to PSG, like you know, if if Pochettino got got sacked, you know, after PSG fails to win the title, like like. Would it be possible if Zidane went to PSG, would that actually guarantee that Kylian Mbappe would not leave the club? It could or it couldn't because Mbappe himself has fully expressed his desire to play for Real Madrid. But if Z- I figure if Zidane is not there, could it could it help could that force him to change his mind? I mean, let's keep in mind, when you're a young French player, it's basically your dream to play under the great Zinedine Zidane, right? It's an interesting dilemma. You know, would you rather play for Zidane at PSG, which is also your hometown club, or do you want to expand your horizons, get out of your comfort zone, get out of Ligue 1, you know, go to either the EPL or La Liga, and regardless of who is patrolling the coach's bench at Real Madrid, it's a hell of a big club with a tremendous history. And I think Mbappe, if the choice is between staying at PSG and playing under Zidane or rolling the dice and going to Real Madrid or one of the big EPL clubs, I my inclination is that I think Mbappe wants a challenge. I think I think Mbappe would would like a like a change of pace. I think he's kind of won all there is to win in France. You know, he's won some league on titles with Monaco and with PSG. He's won some French Cup titles. You know, um, he's come close as far as the Champions League. Um, you know, made it to the made it to the final. You know, losing to Bayern Munich in the final. But at the end of the day, I. I would not be surprised if um, Mbappe walks and leaves PSG after this season, and that and that's even even if PSG wins the double, mm-hmm. they win the French Cup. If they win Ligue 1, if they over if they overtake Lille next weekend and they end up lifting the Ligue 1 title and he gets a double, I not a bad way to go out if you're Mbappe. I mean, I'm really hoping he does leave Paris. You know, he's at the point where you know he really needs for that challenge. And if he if he goes to Real Madrid, whether Zidane's there or not, then great. But I figure, but you know, I kind of told myself if Mbappe changes were to change his mind about Real Madrid because Zidane's not there, I would not be surprised if Liverpool, 
fully accelerated their plans to bring in the guy. I mean, Liverpool is still in the is still in the mix of getting Kylian Mbappe. Of course, I've said this before. If if they do want him, they 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 have to they have to sell Mohamed Salah. Well, particularly, I mean, I think Salah is probably going to leave Liverpool anyway. You know, regardless of regardless of where Liverpool finishes, I think I think Salah is done there. Um, so it would be as a Liverpool fan, yeah, I would love to see it, but clearly though too. Mbappe is not going to go to a club where he's not going to be playing Champions League soccer. Yeah, that's you know he's going to go to a club where they're going to be playing Champions League. So whether it's Real Madrid, Man U is assured of playing Champions League ball. Man City is assured of playing Champions League ball. Um, you know, would not surprise me if he were to if he could end up in in one of those places. Liverpool, if Liverpool can make this miraculous turnaround come to fruition and they can get a Champions League spot, they've got a shot. They totally do. And I I, I, I just can't wait for this summer. I mean, if Mbappe officially announces, I'm, j'ai fini au Paris Saint-Germain, my, my eyes are going to be on Twitter almost every freaking minute of the day. I'm going to be waiting for updates. I'm going to be tweeting about it. It's going to be the biggest story. So the que- the million dollar question is, I should say the billion dollar question is, who will successfully claim Kylian Mbappe? I mean, it's going to all these heavyweight teams. They're going to they're going to throw the money out there. I mean, re- I, I said I'm predicting Liverpool and Real Madrid are going to go to a bidding war for the guy. But you know that's what makes it exciting. A player, you know, with this talent being very expensive. When multiple when multiple heavyweight teams want you, you know you are one of a kind. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be it would be interesting to see uh, Mbappe teaming with uh, Jota. Unfortunately, it looks like his season's done. Uh, he got hurt the other day against Man U. Um, you know, how would he play with uh, Mane with um, with Jota? Um, clearly, I agree with you. Uh, if if he comes to Liverpool, I think that would certainly seal the deal. I think a Salah. Uh, taking off, which would really be too bad because he's he's absolutely one of my favorite uh, players, you know, to ever wear a Liverpool shirt. He's a hell of a talent. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available to you on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, as well as Amazon Music. It is also available on YouTube. Steve, thank you so much for joining me, and I cannot wait to have you back on. We'll talk to you later this week, partner. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.